Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll come today and help me to speak. May I be the vessel today to speak your word, not mine. We welcome you, sweet Spirit of God. Amen. Luke chapter 4, we're going to be looking at if you've got your Bibles with you uh, this morning. I'm going to take just a short time just to share the Word of God. Luke chapter 4 in the NIV, it's going to come up on the screen in verse 1. We're going to be looking this morning at the story of when Jesus goes into the desert, the wilderness and he's facing the temptations from the enemy. How many of you know that sometimes we feel like we're in a wilderness situation? Well, welcome to church this morning. I'm going to help you. Luke 4 verse 1, he says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, And at the end of them, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me. And I can give it to anyone I want to. The devil said this in verse 7, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, he said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you were the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. How many of you know sometimes the devil, when he leaves you, he's going to come back again? He's going to come back again. You've got to get ready. If you think you've defeated him and got him out of your room one day and he's attacking you, he's coming back. And it says he waits for an opportune time. Jesus, verse 14, returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. I love this. And news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues. And everyone praised him. Hallelujah. I'm glad the story ends off like that. I don't know about you. But I want to talk to you today about Jesus' response to wilderness situations. How many of you sometimes, and I hope every hand's going to go up, feels like, whether you're a Christian or not, you feel like you're in a wilderness situation. You feel like things in life seem so difficult. Things are against you. It feels like that there is no way out. Come on. 
including me. Sometimes we feel like life is so pressed against us, we don't understand why. And we find ourselves in these wilderness situations. How do we respond? How do we respond when things are going bad? If you're a Christian, you see, Jesus is the model of all our lives. By the way, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, there is something here in this story that tells you that Jesus in Luke chapter 3 before this, he receives acclamation from his father that tells him, this is my son who I am well pleased. I want to tell you today some good news. Jesus wants to give you a new life. Come on, you can shout louder than that. He wants to give you a new life. He gave Jesus this opportunity. His father says, this is my son. I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit, it said, descended upon him like a dove. He gets this amazing moment. This amazing moment in Luke chapter 3 when he stood in the Jordan. And John the Baptist is about to baptize Jesus. By the way, if you've not been baptized yet, you can sign up downstairs. You can also be baptized just like Jesus was. Jesus is about to be baptized and the Holy Spirit descends and he gets this acclamation that this is who you are. An affirmation from heaven that says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I want to tell you today that Jesus has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life. And he wants a moment with you, and I've had my moments. He wants a Jordan River moment where he can say, this is my son, welcome home. This is my daughter, welcome home. And that he wants to put his Holy Spirit upon you. You see, life's hard, isn't it? But by the way, when you've got the Holy Ghost living inside of you, it's so much easier. Because you can learn how to respond to life because life is hard there are some people right now in this room and I feel the spirit of the Lord and I wasn't going to say this but feel so depressed sometimes you feel like giving it all in you feel like taking your life sometimes and inside of you there is this this sometimes this feeling that says I can't take this anymore but let me tell you when the spirit of God is living inside of you (laughs) oh Jesus wants to do something he wants to fill you he can't fill you if you don't let him he can't do anything in your life if you don't let him in Aop I love this man I love it when he says Aop because it's from up north we say Aop I I hear him singing on the front we sing our God is great and then all of a sudden I hear him say Aop I love you man You know, some of us, we don't know how to handle things and handle life. But I want to tell you, there's a word of the Lord for people here today. Jesus Christ can give you new life. And by His Spirit, can enable you to walk through wilderness situations. He can enable you to walk through some of the toughest seasons of your life. We were on holiday just a few weeks ago. My tan's beginning to go now. Everyone keeps telling me it's fading. It doesn't last long, does it? And... 
we were on holiday, and we set off on this holiday. We booked the holiday. We went online. We booked the holiday. We, we saw the pictures. We, we, we chose the hotel. We did everything. We, we, we got the taxi sorted. We got the, uh, the car sorted for when we arrive at the airport at the other end. A bus is going to take us. You're going to pick you up, and then you got the car. You can drive to your, to your hotel. So we got everything planned. And the holiday looks amazing. You look online. You see the pictures. You see the beach, you see this blue sea, and everything looks amazing. But no one ever tells you about what happens at Stansted Airport. No one ever tells you, Gary, what happens at Stansted Airport. Gary works Stansted, if you didn't know. If you want duty free, go and see him. No one ever tells you. What happens when you arrive and you order your meal and you're all excited because you're going on holiday and the meal doesn't arrive, so now you've got to rush your meal down to get on the plane. No one ever tells you that when you sit on the plane and 30 minutes later the plane misses its slot because someone's messing around on the plane. No one tells you this. And all the time when someone's messing around for 30 minutes and we miss our slot... I'm thinking about my plan to pick my car up that says, you got a 25 euro fine if you're late, which I paid when I arrived. Welcome to Corfu. 25 euros, please. You're late. No one told me about that. No one told me about the, the, the driving down to the hotel and finding the room and nearly crashing the car because I couldn't see through the windscreen. You see... My friends, this morning, you go down into the travel agents and you pick up a brochure. And there is blue sea and a nice little picture on there. Everything tells you it's going to be amazing. There is a plan. There's a destination for you. But no one ever in this book ever tells you that it's going to be hard. The devil's lie to you is this. Oh, it's going to be easy. Why is it so wrong? Why is it so hard for you? You see, life is just like this. God gives you a plan, a destination. He says, I want to take you to heaven to be with me. I want you to be in paradise with me. I want you to receive me. I want you to receive my spirit. And you join that. You say, God, I want this. Okay, I'm all in. Sign me up. I'm going to your destination. And then all of a sudden we find that we look in the brochure and we say, I didn't sign up to this because why is it life's problems are happening? Why is it the sea looks so blue in my mind? Why this? And why that? You see, Jesus in Luke chapter 3, he's just been baptized. Listen to me. He has this amazing moment. Listen, if you'd have been there, you would have loved this moment. The moment that he is in the River Jordan and he is about to be baptized and the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. People hear this. They see what's happening. This is one of the best baptism services you could be in. This is Jesus, the Son of God. And right before everyone's eyes, they hear this acclamation voice, this literal voice from heaven that says, this is my son. He receives this acclamation. He receives this amazing moment. But I've got a problem. Because the Spirit of God, then, not the devil, 
The Spirit of God leads him into the wilderness. I've got a problem because sometimes when we're saved, some people come to me and say, I don't understand why this is happening. Listen, God is using these things to test you. He's using these things to shape you into the person that he's called you to be. And some of us don't understand why. And we want to stay in our Jordan. We want to stay in Luke 3 and say, no, 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 no. Luke 4 is not for me. That's for certain people. I don't want to go into the next chapter. Jesus has saved me. He's given me a new identity. This is me. Life should be good. And I don't want to move into Luke 4 because that's not for me. Christians shouldn't be like this. But if Jesus was, so will you. So will you. Some of us right now, we're in our wilderness situation. Some of us have never even received the new life from Jesus. We've not even stepped into the Jordan. Some of us don't want to step out of our Jordan and be led by the Spirit into these tests. So we find ourselves in different positions. But I want to tell you, Jesus responds in a way that is something that is not the way the world responds. The title of my message today is, the fast response. And now everyone's just shut off because they're thinking, no, he's not going to talk about a fast thing. Listen to me. You don't have to fast food to fast. This is about seeking Jesus Christ. This is about seeking deep relationship with him because only with that is going to enable you to step into your wilderness. You see, I love that the Spirit of God leads him in. He leads him in to this place, and it says in Luke 4 verse 1 that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Full. By the way, you need to be full of the Holy Spirit. You need to be fully immersed in the Holy Ghost, amen? Because when you're fully immersed, that's what enables you to take you into these places. It's not just being saved and saying, that's it. God, if you're going to go into wilderness situations, you need to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. Why? Because tests come and they're going to try and defeat you. How do we respond? How do we respond? Jesus, it says this, he was led by the Spirit. And by the way, if you read it, you'll see this. Jesus was not asked to fast by his Father. He says the Spirit led him into the desert and his response was to fast. His response was, To the Father's leading, the Holy Spirit's leading into this place. His response is that. And I want to ask you today, what's your response when life gets hard? Do you run to your God? Do you run onto your knees and spend time with Him so that you can get into deeper, deeper relationship? Through this response, He's able to overcome Satan's temptations. By the way, Satan's real. Some people don't like saying Satan in church and mentioning Satan. I don't really mind because I know who's the victor. (laughs) Why are we here? Why are we here this morning? Because we serve the victor. The Bible says if you don't serve Jesus, then you serve the God of this age. In other words, you've got one option. You either serve God or you serve Satan. Bible clearly says it. You might say, no, I don't serve any God. Out there today, if you reject God, if you reject Christ, the gift of eternal life, the free gift, if you reject it, then you follow the God of this age. There is no way of putting it any cleaner than that to you. 
And I preach the truth here. Because the truth sets people free. Who's that? (laughs) Jensen Franklin said this. Hunger leads to passion. And passion leads to power. In other words, what we find here, and I love this, is that Jesus steps in. He responds to fasting. He says he he steps into his wilderness, full of the Holy Spirit. And what happens? He leaves in the power of the Spirit. (sighs) He leaves in the power of the Spirit. Two very different things. Fasting, and I'm not going to talk much on fasting today because I want you to explore this for yourselves. But fasting responds, what Jesus had was something we see in the Old Testament. We see Esther responds with a fast when the Jews are about to be annihilated. She responds and says, we gotta, we got to fast. we got to pray. It was an Old Testament act. We see it. Daniel fasted in Daniel chapter 10. We see in Acts 13. When the teachers come together, the apostles, they decide to send someone like we sent this morning. They fast. New Testament, not Old Testament. They fast. Jesus called us. He says, when you fast. Not if you don't have a think about it. When you fast. Matthew 6, 16. So I want to say to you today, there is something in the power of fasting. And I believe in this church, we've got to get into a place of actually hungering for God. We've got to get into a place where we get on our knees. And it's not about coming and telling someone, oh, I've just done a week fast. It's about you and your private life getting on your knees, getting into this lifestyle of fasting, seeking God. Because let me tell you something. When you respond in this way with a hunger to God, the power of God is going to flow through your life. It is going to flow through you like you've never known it before. Yesterday, Ben was saying, I love the, the illustration of Jesus when he, he's in the, in the house and the, the four men come to lower the man through the roof. I told you I was going to use this. They lower him through the roof. He said, when they arrived at the door with the crowds then, they went to the roof. They, they went their extra mile. Their extra mile. God is asking you in your relationship with him, it's not enough. I want more, more, more of you. The more you give him, the more he will show himself to you. Some people come and they say, I need an appointment. I need to see you. I think just get on your knees sometimes. Spend some time with him. It's him you need. More of him absorbed in your life. I want to tell you, be like a sponge. Absorb the Holy Ghost. Saturate yourself in his presence. Saturate yourself. In his presence, I've not even got started yet. How do we respond when we fast? What happens? Let me tell you what happens. What is the power of responding with fasting? And when I say fasting today, I'm also talking about hunger. I'm also talking about even if you're saying, I'm not going to fast from food, but I'm going to start stop watching things on TV. I'm going to start to change my lifestyle to shift my focus to Jesus. I'm going to start stop watching stuff that I used to watch. There are things that you used to watch that now you're thinking, actually, I shouldn't do that anymore. There are things that you're doing in your life that once when you were a believer you said oh I would never do that and now you've adjusted the measurement to allow yourself to do certain things but I want to tell you today if you adjust yourself and say I'm turning to my king I'm turning to my savior God is going to do something in your life 
God's bigger than Netflix. There was a lot of chuckling then. He's bigger than Sky. He's bigger than Sky Sports. He's more to you than what you know. He is the river of life. Number one. (laughs) I'll be quick. Number one. What do we discover? We discover greater humility. Greater humility. You need to humble yourself before God. I've put here that Jesus did not live out of one moment of heaven's acclamation, but through a whole life of total submission. I don't know if you've noticed this. Jesus, if it had been me, Jesus, he gets baptized. He comes out of the water and all these things have happened. The Holy Spirit is descended upon him. The voice from heaven has come and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. Most people in the world would say, I'm going to comment on that. I'm going to tweet that. I'm going to let the world know what heaven's just said about me. This is my moment. Look at me. Selfie. In the Jordan, look at me. This is an amazing moment. This is my pivotal, as Danny said last week, this is my defining moment. This is my moment. Get a selfie quick. Post it. People are going to like this one. Look at what heaven said about me. Have you ever been around people when they've received prophecies and sometimes they remind you of those prophecies for years to come? Did you hear what God said about me? Oh, he's going to use me. Did you hear what he said? I'm going to be a pastor. Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? Did you? I'm not interested. I just want you to be submissive to God. Some people live out of one moment of an acclamation. They say, this is my moment and I, ain't, I don't need any tests. I don't need any wilderness. This is my moment. Listen to me, everyone. I am anointed. Jesus didn't. He gets the moment. What happens next? The Spirit of God comes and says, Son, I know you've had your moment, but it's time. Come with me. Because I'm going to bring you to humility. I'm going to bring you to your knees. I'm going to show you that you do, not, you do not need the things of this world that the devil's going to offer you. And when you get close to me, you'll know that the life from my Spirit is far greater. Come with me. Come with me. The word of God to you this morning is this. Don't look at the things of the world that grow strangely dim. But look to him. He will give you a source and a life. And he will bring us to our knees. Proverbs 22, 4 says, Humility is the fear of the Lord. Its wages are riches and honor and life. Humility, that is. It's the fear of the Lord. But it's wages, what it's going to pay you back when you're humble before God. When you lower yourself, it's riches come to you. Life comes to you. Hallelujah. Job 23.10, he goes through a test. He said this, when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. He didn't say, oh, I am gold because God loves me. There's been a a fight in heaven over me and God said, this is is the person, look at him, check him out. But no, he he didn't rely upon God's acclamation. He relied upon the test because he said, when I go through this test, I know that I am going to be gold. Listen to me, there are people in this room right now. God says to you, you're going to be gold. 
I see gold. I see gold over your life. Just go through the test. Accept the test. Accept the test. Number two, we discover a greater identity. We were talking about this this morning. Just before I started, someone was chatting to me about identity. Listen to me, Satan, when you go into your wilderness times, when you're challenged in life, what does Satan want to do? He wants to rob you of your identity. The first thing he says to Jesus, if you're the Son of God. By the way, the Spirit of God led him there. Now he's faced with this. But I want to tell you that in Luke 3, verse 22, he said, You are my beloved son. This is what the word of God tells us. In you I'm well pleased. In other words, when the moment when Satan came and he said, If you're the son of God, turn these stones to bread. In other words, if you're miraculous, if you're, if you're who you say you are, Jesus, see these stones here. Turn them into bread. Come on, prove yourself. If you're who you say you are, if, if in Luke 3, heaven spoke over you and said this, if you are a Christian, if God has said these things over your life, then why have you got a problem? Why have you got a stone? Why have you not got any bread? Why is it that you have given your life to Jesus, says the devil to you? Why is it that you have followed Jesus and all you've got is stones in your life? Where's the bread? Come on. Some of you right now are saying that the devil is attacking you, saying, Why have you got stones? Why? Jesus said you will come into abundant life. He said you'd have everything. Follow me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. But you got stones. You got a problem in your marriage. Come on. You got a problem with your children. Come on, tell these things to change. If you've got authority, tell them to change. Listen to me today. Jesus did not respond in the way that the enemy wanted him to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because Jesus knew that sometimes when there are problems around him and he's got stones, it's not the Father's time. Let me tell you today, if you've got problems in your life, you've got some challenges, sometimes it's God's time you've got to work for to change it. You don't force God to change anything. You don't say, God, I'm not going to serve you because I've got a load of stones around me and everything's not changing. Just say, I trust my God. I trust Him. I trust Him. I don't care whether I've got stones around me because I trust in the one who is the bread of life. Hallelujah. I trust in the one who feeds me. When you receive Jesus, you receive that new identity. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if you get saved, if you give your life to Jesus, this is for you. If anyone, not just a certain type of person, anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. 
Listen to me. I gave my life to Jesus and the new came in. This is not fairy tale. This is not something we make up. Jesus wants to change you. He wants to give you new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 It's for anyone. The whosoever that calls upon him. If you're saying, oh, I've got an identity because this is who I've said I am. This is, this is me. Listen to me. Whoever you say you are, God has another plan. He has a new identity. He can change you in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The moment you say, Jesus, fill me with you. I want you. I'm tired of trying to do this on my own. I want you. He's the bread of life. Satan whispers, ah, if you're a Christian, these things wouldn't happen to you. You wouldn't have these problems. You tell the devil. You tell the devil. The next time he tells you why you've got these stones, say it's not God's time. I'm trusting in my God. He is the bread of life. He is my sustainer. He is the one who keeps me going. I don't care whether I've got stones around me because it ain't my time. It's not my job to change them. I trust in God. I trust in Him. 2002, I gave my life to Jesus, and Emma did as well. We were in a service up north. We didn't plan to go to this service. The night before, I was drunk at a wedding. I was suffering the next day and arrived into Sheffield by accident, into a service. Walked in the back, heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I heard it resound through the building, and it went straight into my heart. It touched the deepest part of my heart. It challenged my inner core. That's what the gospel does. It cuts deep into your heart. It challenged me. It called me. It demands the soul. He demanded our lives that evening. The problem is that when we give our life to Jesus, oh, we were in the honeymoon period. We were enjoying it. It was amazing. Until you get a mortgage. Until you got bills to pay. So you've got stones around you. And the enemy's saying, why is it you've got these things? Jesus wouldn't allow that. Can you remember your Jordan experience? It was just a moment. You shouldn't have these things. You shouldn't have bills that you can't pay. You shouldn't have mortgages that are gripping you. You shouldn't have all these things in your life. 2002, we gave our life to Jesus. We were having an amazing time. And then all of a sudden, what does the Spirit of God do? He leads us into our wilderness. In 2007, 10 years ago, and I know that Emma wouldn't mind me sharing this. I've asked permission. But 10 years ago, we lost a child. Emma had a miscarriage. And I said, God, why? We'd had words that seemed to suggest that God is going to give us a family. But I wondered, why? Why is this? Why, why me? And we couldn't understand it at the time. But one thing we do know now is God was in control. Within about a month or so after that, we were in a meeting up in Lincoln. 
And many of you know Dwayne White, who came and spoke here early part of this year. He spoke, and the moment he finished his message, he told us to stand. And he says, you have been barren. God is about to make you fruitful. Within one month, Jacob was conceived. God is under control. He's under control. You see, I didn't understand why we got stones around us. I didn't understand why. And I was saying, God, these things shouldn't happen. I should change these things. He challenges your identity. says, if you're a Christian, if you are new and saved and born again, if this is you, why? Respond to him and say, I don't need stones to determine who I am. I trust in the one who is the bread of life. See, what happens is when we lose our identity, we get into a slave mentality and not a sonship mentality. See, what happens is if you look in, in the story of the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, he goes away, he gets his father's inheritance and he leaves and he goes and he starts eating with the pigs. He eats the pig food. He enters into this perception that he is now a slave. But he soon eventually comes to his senses and runs back to sonship. I want to tell you today that God is reminding you that you are a son. You are a daughter of the most high God. And Satan will take you to slavery. He'll say, this is who you are. You're hanging around, you're stones, you're a slave to God. Listen, don't believe him. Know today that your identity is you are a son, a daughter of the living God. Jesus said his response, quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, he said this, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And in Matthew 4 it goes on to say, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Listen to what he's saying. You're only going to know what he's saying when you fast and you get into that presence. When you get into the place of seeking, seeking, you absorb your identity again. Some of us are malnourished. We, we need Jesus. We were on holidays a few weeks ago and we seem to be eating meat, kebabs every night and chicken. And one night, I've never heard my son say this to me. He said, Dad, when can we have some broccoli? It's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. I thought I'm going to bring him back here again so he'll eat some veg. When can we have some broccoli, he said. <laughs> I thought, that's a, that's a sign of a bad mum and dad, isn't it? Kebabs every night. Keep the cost down. No, we weren't that bad. We had salad. I think we had half a tomato one night. <laughs> when can we have some broccoli? Some of us right now... We've been feeding off other things. And we're losing our identity. Job 23.12, despite his trials, Job said this, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Listen, he'll give you what you need if you get into his presence. Number three, we discover a greater authority. God wants you to operate in authority. He says this, the devil led Jesus, Luke 4 verse 5, up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me. 
and I can give it to anyone I want to, the devil said. If you worship me, it will be yours. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but I always pictured Jesus when he was took into the wilderness. Uh, as a young boy and growing up, I just, I just pictured Jesus for 40 days, 40 nights in a desert with just some water. I'm not sure where he got the water from. Someone may have brought it to him every now and again, but he did drink because he just says he didn't eat anything. But he was in this desert scene, and that's what I picture. But I want to tell you that desert scenes are not always deserts. They're tempting. You see, I find it interesting that it says that when he goes into his wilderness, the devil leads him to a high place. He says, look at all this. He ain't in any desert. Then he says he takes him to the temple, to the highest point in Jerusalem. Jerusalem ain't no desert. I don't know if you think that. But Jerusalem ain't no desert. Listen, when the tests come in your life, there are going to be things sometimes in front of you that are actually so tempting that your wilderness is actually, it's not a wilderness that is empty. It's actually got things that can feed you and fill you. It's things that are so tempting that actually you say, I don't want to leave here because I want what this is on offer. And some of us are hanging around in our lives in things that we think are good. But actually the truth is they're wilderness. They're empty. There's nothing there. When you go to the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem, you ain't in no desert. Why did he take him there? Because he showed him the religious system and the way they were operating. He said, I want to give you all this. Throw yourself down. Prove yourself to everyone in front of them now that you're the son of God. You won't die if you fall. Come on, do it. He's not in a desert place. And some of you sometimes, we hang around in our wildernesses because we enjoy them. We don't come out. But I want to tell you that you need to step out and look what God has on offer for you. Jesus responded, he said, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil knew that fasting will release authority. By the way, do you know that? If you fast, there are practical ways to do this. If you just want to try it out, do a one-day fast, do, do whatever you can. But the moment you step towards God, or even praying and seeking God, coming in that moment of pushing things aside and saying, I'm seeking after you. When you do, there's an authority going to get released in you. See, I've noticed this. When I fasted, I've noticed that God's used me in a greater authority. I, I could testify to that. I've seen God use me more in authority when I've sought after him. Because it's less about me and more about him. And if you want to operate in authority, some people are saying, I want to see God use me in this area. I want to see God use me in praying for the sick. I want to see people set free. I want to see people healed. Well, I want to tell you, draw close to him then. And you'll find that in the secret place, he says he'll reward you in the public place what you do in the secret place. But the enemy is always going to be trying to rob you of the authority. He's going to say, no, I want you to follow me. I want you to not spend time with Jesus. Do little things you like doing. Just come on, enjoy yourself. Come up here and look at this. You like doing this. You don't need to spend time with Jesus. It's a waste of time. All you got is stones. Just come and spend time with me. Enjoy yourself. 
And all the time he knows that the moment he does that, you lose authority. You lose authority. I used to fast when I was in, in, in the company I worked for before, and I'd get to lunchtime, and it was almost like everyone knew, and I didn't tell them I was fasting. Everyone knew I was fasting. It was like, Phil, it's curry day today. And if you know me, I like my curries. And I'm thinking, why is it curry day today? Is the devil up to something? Has the devil been and spoke to the master chef downstairs and told him to put curry on this day? No, he's not like that. But listen to me. Listen to me. The enemy does not want you to step into this. I really felt the Lord speak to me about this word for you and this church. Because I really feel the Lord saying we're going to step into a season of intimacy, pursuing him. And by the way, it's your life, not mine. I can't make you do this. So don't come to me saying, I've got problems and I can't carry these things. I want to say to you, step into his presence. Seek him. See, I will change you. But if we do, I believe as a church, we're going to walk into a greater authority. We're going to see things that you've never seen before. Because when people get hungry before God, he shows up. When people start to get hungry and you step in here and you start worshipping Jesus on a Sunday morning, listen to me. I've been in times when I've led worship and I've sung the songs and I've known I'll do five or six songs and that's fine. But I've known sometimes the difference of when I've done five songs and sometimes when I've said, do you know what? I just want to be hungry. I've had times when I could tell you I've led worship and thought, do you know what? I'm just not hungry. I'm just doing this. I don't mind being honest with you. I've done it. I just, the hunger's not there. We've got to get hungry. We get hungry. We get thirsty for him. You're going to see he's going to show up like a river in this place. And there's nothing going to stop him. I love this morning when we worshipped. There was something happening. There was something special happening. As Nick just stopped and just let us worship. Let us worship. And we get into the river. We get into the flow. Because it's not about a song. It's not about who's releasing the best next song. The next best track. It's about your hearts responding to him. You'll see the river will flow through here. You'll get authority. Mark chapter 9 Disciples come to Jesus and say, we tried, why is it we couldn't cast this demon out of this boy? Why couldn't we do it? Yeah, that's what happens. Let me tell you, when you've got authority in Christ and you start drawing close to him, the enemy flees. The enemy hates it. And he does not want me to preach this message. Let me tell you, this week has been hard for me as I prepared this message. And I felt the Lord said to me, the enemy does not want you to preach on this. The enemy, and I'm, t- I'm not trying to fan this up. I'm telling you, I struggled. I said to Emma through the week, I said, I'm struggling. Why? Because anytime you ever think about telling people to draw close to Jesus, the enemy hates it. Why? Because he's got a problem on his hands. You're going to see authority. He says, oh, these type only come out with prayer and fasting. You've got to get into the presence. I want to tell you today, some of us need to get home. And I've said it before, but you've got to get into his presence. And even if you don't know what to say, sit and absorb. Soak in Jesus Christ. Soak in the Holy Ghost. You'll come out of that place a different person. Finally, number four, we discover greater ability. You know, the other day, 
I was on social media and I saw a friend of mine I used to work with a good probably 20 years ago. This person, very, very, uh, I'm not going to mention the name, but the lovely person. And I saw this post that they put up, a video post of what they're doing now. And this this young girl said, uh, she said, oh, I'm now doing this. I've learned 20 years of X, Y, Z. And I'm now a life coach, a personal life coach. And I watched her advert on a video and she says, I've got 100 likes and I want people to follow me and I can give you a free session and help you on your journey in life. And I was listening thinking, wow, this sounds good. But I'm glad I know Jesus. I know I like your little model and I like your video. But I'm glad I know Jesus Christ. I'm glad I know the one who's going to get me to my goals. He said, press on toward the goal." Do you, really, do you know that if you follow Jesus, you'll receive the crown of life? A crown that will never fade. Listen, no personal coach. I've got no problem if you're a personal coach today. Well, bless you. <laughs> bless you. But listen to me. The truth is this. Whoever you're telling and giving help to, they need Jesus. The best model you're going to have in your business is telling someone you need Jesus Christ. See, the world is always trying to find counterfeit versions and ways of showing people how to get life. I put here, Jesus is not a life coach to improve your life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He ain't no personal life coach that's an add-on and a bolt-on to make you a little bit better. No, he is the source of life. In verse 14 of Luke chapter 4, and get this today, Jesus, it says, he leaves, he returns to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in synagogues, and everyone praised him. Listen to me, I don't know if you've seen this, but the Spirit of God leads him in, tests him in the wilderness. He never gives in to the devil. But at the end, he doesn't just step back out full of the Holy Spirit. He steps back out of his wilderness in a different mode. Now the switch has gone up in the power of the Spirit. God wants you, if you're not a Christian today, or you are a Christian and you're still in your Jordan saying, I don't want to step into Luke 4, wherever you are in all of this situation, God wants to take hold of your life, fill you with His Spirit, give you a new identity, take you through your journey, help you get through trials and deal with them in the way that God wants you to deal with them, and then you'll step out in the power of the Spirit. You see, I love the fact that all of a sudden, this, the devil's not hanging around here. He says he comes out in the power of the Spirit, and now news about him spread. The gospel spreads when it's Spirit-led. When the Spirit is leading it, it spreads. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 14, 12, and I come to a close soon. Jesus said, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Did you read that? Whoever believes in me 
are going to do the things I've been doing. When we're talking about healings in Malta and we ain't seen nothing yet, we're talking about Jesus said you're going to do greater works than I. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus saw some amazing miracles. And I want to see those things happening here. Not because we want to see, but because we know that when we're drawing close to him, authority is going to come. The enemy is going to want to flee. By the way, devils must flee. And I speak to any spirit in this room today. Hang on. Any spirit in this room today that is not of God. And I take authority over you right now. Because we have authority in Christ. His blood. The precious blood that forgives us of all our sins. Listen, I've seen, I'm not going to tell you now, but I've seen, and I don't say this to boast, but I've seen Jesus set people free from the enemy. And I've seen the authority of the devil in action. But I know that his authority in Christ is far greater. It trumps the devil every time. God's desire for you, friend, this morning is to have a greater influence. And you're going to have to go through some tests. You're going to have to accept the brochure that actually your destination and where you're going in your life is going to have some little hiccups. But don't give in. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Because he's going to use you with a greater influence and authority. Let's stand. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.